Hello and welcome. You listen to African States, the program that brings you the knowledge about African content. My name is Kindama. I'm your host of today's program. On today's edition, we are going to talk with uh, Dr. Josephine Nakakade. I hope I pronounced very uh, well the uh, the name or the last name. It's a beautiful name. Uh, she is the executive director of Eco Agri uh, Uganda. She's online. She will be able to give us more information about the organization, uh, the work or the project that they're doing in in Uganda. We had is um, is a, I mean is, a, is quite a number of good projects they're doing in Uganda. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Josephine, and welcome to the show. Good afternoon to you, sir. I'm happy to be loud on your radio. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome. You're welcome. We are trying to give a voice to everyone uh, in order to uh, come up and build a very and um, a strong uh, continent. Uh, just call it an African continent. Um, so let's us talk about the the organization um, Agri or oh, Eco Agri Uganda. Can you describe? Can you uh, what is uh, this organization and how it came about? Ecoabric Uganda is a short name for Environmental Conservation and Agriculture Enhancement Uganda. This is a community member-based non-government organization that was established in 2007 by four technical people and six women groups. It mainly works with the women who are critically vulnerable and absolutely poor. It also works with the youth, who include youth out of school and youth in school, and it also supports the children. Now, we majorly support these people in livelihood improvement, whereby we support sustainable farming practices, that is sustainable agriculture production. We also do vocational training to the youth and we also support children to access education. We normally support the household in a holistic manner to ensure that the household or everyone in the household benefits and there is proper growth in the household. Now among the different programs that we have, we have agriculture production, improving agriculture production sustainably, we also have financial education. We also have health improvement, where we have HIV prevention and control, plus, plus improving sanitation in these households. So those are majorly the people that we work with. Now, this organization was not formed intentionally, but it was formed after a need that was realized during my work and the word, as a... Okay. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, please continue. I just want to know exactly what was those need. Please carry on. Yes, during my work, I was working with Hoima District Local Government and I realized that there were people who would come but, never would, mix, but would never mix with other farmers. These were six women who would come and sit outside, they would never get involved in the trainings that were being given to the farmers. 
So after realizing that these people would just come and stand and would not get the services, I became curious and reached to those to those women. There were six women. They would always sit outside. So when I reached out to them, these women never answered anything, which made me, which perturbed me. So I went on to try and find out why these women usually came, but never got any services from us. So people described them in different ways. They were looked at as mad women. And then I imagined, how could the six mad women come and sit in one place every day when we have trainings? So when I went to their households, I found that these women had different problems. Most of them had lost their husbands. Actually, all of them were widows. One of them was living in a forest, scaring off animals. While another one, he was, she was scaring off animals in her sister's garden. While another one was living in a very small sh shed, which had been given to her by her mother-in-law after the death of, of her husband. The husband had died of HIV AIDS and everything had been sold off to treat her husband. So the children were at school, the children didn't have food. These people did not have anything. So they were living in that state. I went on and visited these households, these women and found they didn't have anything. So after that, I invited community members and told them that today it is these women, tomorrow it is either you or your daughter or your mother who will be in this state. So I worked together with the community members. We found these people a place where to stay. And in this case, they were also given land, land where they can do agriculture. Now, in my background, my parents, my mother, also used it to support my father through growing vegetables. I also have my own story which also instigated me to do such a thing because I used to see my mother supplementing my father's income from these using vegetable growing. So mm -hmm. when I approached these women, fortunately the community members were also positive. They gave them the land. And after six months, these women had food because they had grown some cassava, some maize, some beans. And I had also used part of my salary to buy the vegetables that these women grew and they sold them off. So these six women, unfortunately, one of them died after one year. With these six, six women, we formed four farmers groups. And then after forming four farmers groups, my husband, who is also called Muaura Robert, was also working in... Kampala working with farm talk and in this process he was working with the he was working with the children to teach them how to do farming as a business so while working with these children he realized that there were some children who had problems so he went to their households to their homes and in one home where he went he found parents fighting over 2,000 Uganda shillings, which is less than a dollar, because they had spent over three, three days with 
without eating food, only having porridge. So Robert went back and worked with them and sat with them, worked with these women, there were two women, to find a way how they can start getting income since it was a peri-urban area. So he worked with them and they started a, a clothes washing group in their area. And incidentally, through working with them, training them how to save, they formed two groups. So those two, two women groups in Wakiso and the two, four women groups at my place in Hoima came together to form what is currently the Environmental Conservation and Agriculture Enhancement Uganda. And after working with these women, we realized that the children were not going to school. There were youth that were not going to school, and the children were not going to school. Thanks be to God, Uganda provided universal primary education. So education was not being paid for, but these children did not have have scholastic material. So the community members and these households also are selling both some vegetables, both some scholastic materials, and the children went to school. And the youth who were in these households were also supported to go and learn while working. So they started working in hotels, on tailoring machines, that is doing sewing they were taken to different places but after uh, this was done so many people for example the community development officers also came in to join us to support these people and these households so that is how the community-based organization was formed in 2007 uh, and later mm. on after it, it was after it was formed we started soliciting for funds, and our very first grant was from USAID Trellis, which was a $2,000 grant to benefit 180 women in Wakiso district who were members of those two groups formed in Wakiso. Mm, that's Hello? beautiful, uh, the way it starts the organization. Hey, there's so many points that you mentioned in the creation of, the, of this organization and then probably that will come back later on the talking. But this couple of points that you mentioned that I really want to uh, uh, understand. When you talk about the vulnerability of the, the women, what kind of uh, problems or how uh, vulnerable are they uh, in your community, on your district? These are women who do not have food, they do not have shelter, and cannot afford having one meal a day. Instead of having one meal, they eat porridge, which is maize flour, which is boiled maize flour, and then try to look for some food. So these are, when they are, we are looking at the vulnerability, we look at lack of food, they do not have food, they do not have shelter. They do not earn at least one dollar per day. Their children are not going to school. And those that are going to school arrive late at school. Their children do not have scholastic material. So these are some of the women that we work with.
Mm. Uh, you also mentioned about uh, most of these women is that widow. Do you know what is the the, the, the the cause? Uganda currently there is no war. Why there is so many uh, women is that widow on your on the community that you are working with, with uh, these women? The widows are as a result of HIV AIDS, whereby their husbands died of HIV AIDS. There, mm. is, there are no, also actually, tobacco related diseases that cause death of most women, of most men, since it is mostly men that are involved in smoking. Okay. Uh, when it comes to HIV AIDS, uh, how is the, pro the, the, the problem in Uganda? What's the prevalence it is? And then how is it affecting the community in, uh, in Uganda? Currently, the HIV prevalence is at 6.7% nationally. However, in Hoima, it could be a little higher because of oil exploration. And currently, the project that we are having is making sure that we are supporting the 95-95-95 UN strategy. And this, this strategy we make sure that we work we, we make sure that people 95 percent of the population that is hiv positive know that they are hiv positive and those that the 95 percent that know that it is hiv positive take uh, are enrolled on hiv treatment and those ones the 95 percent that is enrolled on to hiv treatment take the drugs well and, and adhere well onto the treatment. So what we do is to go to these households we work with, we make sure that these people go and do HIV testing. After testing, then they take the drugs as required. But the major problem is this. We highly thank the Infectious Disease Institute that is getting fund, funds from the CDC Center for Disease Control to support this project. Mm -hmm. Though we are telling mm -hmm. people to take the drugs, the people are not taking the drugs well. First of all, they do not have enough food. People mm. are not are hungry, and so it is really very hard to take these drugs when someone has not had enough food. Another problem is that most of some of the people are in very hard to reach areas for example currently there is a place where we are working and you need to to go by boats and there people are very many people are infected so you need to go by boat to go and find those people which is a little bit hard so if these people would be provided with the with the would to be supported to grow crops for income to grow crops for food whereby they need highly productive quick maturing crop varieties to get this then this would help improve the food security nutrition and income amongst these communities however mm. currently there is uh, there is a pro a program we are having that is promoting contract organic 
soybean and chia seed growing, you find that these people cannot get involved because they have to rent land, they sold off the land, because they have to buy the seeds, they don't have seeds. Yet for us, we can't provide credit services to these people mm -hmm. so that they can get these things. Okay, I'll come back. I'll come back to the agriculture and the farmer itself. There is a section that I want to talk, but I would like to go back uh, still on HIV. Uh, does your program, uh, does your organization support, or do they have how to call it a, a, a center where the people or the women can come and do the test into uh, the community, or you just do outreach where you go to the community and try to find them? To do the now tests. we we at our organization we have some demonstration gardens where people can come to learn from but when we go to the communities we try to set up demonstration sites where people can come can come and learn from so we go and train these people try to to set up demonstration sites farmer field schools and in some cases farmer life schools too Mm. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that the 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 uh, the drugs are very strong on the people. They need to have uh, they need to have uh, enough food in order to um, uh, to continue taking the medicine. Do people who drop 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 out do not using the medicine? Is so is, is the, we're talking about is there a huge number of people? Yes. There are very many people who are not taking medicine because they don't have food. And you know, agriculture is the main activity in Uganda with over 70% of the population depending on agriculture. So if agriculture will provide food and will also provide income, there those that do not have anything to sell for example these drugs are given freely they are not hiv drugs sold they are given freely in the health centers but people do not have transport to go and pick the drugs even those there are mm. some that take the drugs at home but they can not swallow them because they need to have enough food or something like juice to take these drugs. Okay. Um, do beside beside the the the, the, the women, do you have got children with infected with HIV as well in in that community? Sorry. I would like to know if or there is a children's uh, that being affected with HIV in the community. If there is a a huge number of uh, children also infected with HIV in, 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 Uganda, in Uganda, which is your organization supporting? Yes, there are children that are infected with HIV and they are also getting treatment from these, these health centers. However, these children are facing problems of not going to schools sometimes when there are effects of these drugs, majorly because of poor feeding. Of course, when there is not enough food at home, there is poor feeding, which affects the, the, 
these children when they take drugs. But there is a reasonable number of children that are infected with HIV. But there are those that are not HIV positive but are affected and are out of school because their, children, their parents died of HIV. Mm. Now let's talk about uh, the farming. Uh, we know uh, that is where uh, the continent itself should uh, uh, do more on agriculture. I would like to know, particularly in Uganda, in your district, how are the farmers being supported, or your organization, which kind of a support for for giving uh, to to the to the to the women's or the the, the community, and how uh, when it comes to um, harvest the product. How do they sell or just they use, uh, they do agriculture for uh, home consumption? Thank you so much uh, for the question. Now, we as a fabric Uganda, we are promoting contracts of organic chia, soya bean, and sesame growing. This is a project which involves three, two organizations and one company. It involves three entities. A fabric Uganda, working directly with farmers. There is AgriExim, which is a for-profit company, which is buying these products. And then there is Just Hope International from the USA, which is ensuring that this partnership is really in good shape. Now, under these projects, Agriexim is not providing any funds, while Just Hope International is not providing any funds. What we have is a constant, reliable market. Thanks to Just Hope International and Agriexim, because marketing has been a very big problem in Uganda. However, they do not provide inputs in form of seeds, and we as an organization, I would like to confess that currently we are working with 997 farmers having over 1,200 1, acres under soya bean and chia. But we only have two very old motorcycles. Our staff go to the field and spend the whole day without even a bottle of water but trying to support these farmers to grow chia and soya bean plus sesame so that they can get some income. We do not have motorcycles. We have a problem of salaries. However, we take advantage of the market that is there and we continue working. Currently, AgriExim has provided funds to buy the soya bean and Chia seed that, that was grown, but the number of the farmers currently. Oh. Can, can, can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I, yes, I'm I'm I can I'm hear you. So to you. Yes, I can hear you. So currently, that is the project we are having. We also have vegetable growing, and which is helping us in, in training on proper nutrition. Now, we also went ahead 
and tapped into the available resources. We always host volunteers, international volunteers, majorly through work away. We had one volunteer called, called Alex Carbona, who has been working with this project. He has worked with the project since we planted until we, we, we harvested. That means we, we didn't have to pay staff, to pay a staff. So since we don't have money, we didn't have money for salaries, we didn't have to pay that one staff, and Alex Carbona did a very good job for us while promoting this project. We have very many volunteers that have been coming. We've been having Lika de Cruz. We've been having Emily from Denmark. We've had so many volunteers that have come abroad, that have come on board to help support us, especially when we have crisis of money. So that is how we are supporting agriculture production. Yes, uh, we're going to talk about the volunteers and uh, we are very happy that to have uh, Lika who she's producing this program from Uganda. Uh, Lika the crew, she was in Uganda and was exactly on the on the working together uh, this organization. So, so you listen to the African States, this is a program that all talks about African continent. We are talking with uh, Dr. Josephine Nakakande. Uh, she's the ex executive director of uh, Eco Agri Uganda. Now, um, I just want to keep on talking about the farmers. Uh, we there's so much product from Uganda uh, that uh, coming to Europe. I would like to 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 find out when it comes to fair trade. Do the farmers have? I mean, through your organization, do they have a fair trade where their product are being sold in uh, in the right price where the, the the farmers get what they 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 deserve? Uh, now, what we have, we have one buyer who is providing a constant sub, a, con, a constant market for, for our products. We signed a three years contract to supply him soybean, chia seed, and sesame. And the principle we are using is a fair trade principle. This is whereby we got, after the farmers have grown their products, we go and do market survey and establish the price of the products. That is the pri price at which agriexim buys. However, really this price is a little bit low, but of course, that is what the buyer is offering and it is what we have to take. Mm. And uh, I would like also to know, do you have, you say that we've got 900 and so uh, plus uh, farmers that uh, you are working together in the same organization. Uh, uh, the, the question is, yeah. yes, um, I, uh, do you have enough instrument, do you have enough seeds in order to uh, produce uh, then enough uh, soya that you are you are currently uh, producing or other uh, crops or vegetables for sure we as a, an organization we are highly constrained we do not have enough fuel we only have two old motorcycles that we are using the inputs 
uh, the supplier this season provided us with the soya bean on credit, which we must make sure that we pay back. Actually, it is the, the organization that came in to stand for the farmers. So we do not have equipment. We do not have uh, inputs. And if we would get a credit as something like an initial capital to provide soft loans, soft favorable loans for agriculture production, that would be very good. I would like to give an example. Recently, this week on Wednesday, when we were buying soya bean from Obuhimba, we ran out of cash. So this is a farmer who had come with a problem at home. The child was sick. Instead of selling the soya bean, leaving the soya bean, and we give her 1,500 shillings per kilogram, she went back with the soya bean and sold it at 1,200 shillings per kilogram, which was far, far lower than the 1,500 shillings. Therefore, if we had some money to give this lady to go and treat her child, then she, she pays back after selling, it would have been better. So we have a problem of equipment. We do not have motorcycles. We do not have... Have, uh, we cannot support our farmers with some credit facilities. We do not have money to pay salaries for the farmers, but we are proud we have the market. Mm. Uh, that's a very impressive work that uh, your organization is doing. And then let's just say that we're going to talk about the volunteer a little bit later. Um, I would like to let's talk about the environment uh, because it's one of the areas that uh, your organization is working through, right? Yes. So I would like to know how is the situation when we come to environment in uh, in in uh, I will start in your community on the street where you are and then Uganda as a whole. Yes, in the community where we are, there is a high level of environmental degradation. Most of the trees mm -hmm. have been cut down to stop, so uh, as a way of getting income from the sale of uh, charcoal. While there, there is also degradation as a result of poor farming practices. As people, there are people who want to make money out of farming, so they cut off all the trees so that they can plow using tractors so the level of environmental degradation is very high which has really led to climate change and now we are having rains where we are not supposed to have rains and we get sunshine where we are not supposed to get sunshine it has really affected the crops such that the soya bean soya bean germination was affected by prolonged Droughts. Mm. So, uh, do the uh, government has some policy in order to, uh, I mean, that to have, I mean, telling the people to avoid cutting the trees, making the charcoal, uh, to sell them in the market so that they can have some money to buy food. Uh, what kind of policy, if they exist in the country, in order to, yes, kind of policy? Yes, we have some areas that are gazetted 
as reserves, as forest reserves. In those areas, mm -hmm. the government has re really tried to conserve the to conserve those places. However, there is a problem with our land policies because we have uh, there is individual land ownership, and with this individual own land ownership, anyone is free to do anything with his or her own land. So you find people cutting down trees because these trees are in their own land. In this case, the government has really put in a lot of effort to train farmers in the different ways of, to train farmers to stop cutting down trees and to train communities, alternative fuel sources, like using briquettes, making briquettes, so there are different programs that are going on to ensure that there is more tree planting, there is reduced land, uh, reduced deforestation, and also to ensure that there are alternative sources of fuel. Mm. I know Uganda have got a really nice uh, reserve or, uh, of, of, of water. There's uh, this big uh, uh, lake that I in in the. Uh, uh in uganda do they have got i mean the the climate change or this environment is a problem when it comes to environment in the in in the area i don't know if yeah, it's, 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 it's close where you are i just yes. uh, because never been to uganda to know exactly where you is located your district and the way the lake is lo located uh climate change is really becoming a problem it is a very big problem First of all, it has affected agriculture production in a way that there has mm. been shifts in the seasons. It is raining where it is not supposed to rain, and it is shining where it is supposed to shine. So you find people mm. get confused, they plant, and then drought comes. And we have also had cases whereby the, the water levels in Lake Victoria have, have dropped because of mm. too much drought, which is as a result of climate change. And in most cases, when it rains, it rains badly, or there is a lot of rainfall causing floods. We've also have had prolonged sunshine, which has led to the death of cattle and other different livestock, plus drying of crops. So climate change is really affecting agriculture production and the population at large, and it is the women that are mostly affected because they are mostly involved in agriculture and they are in charge of looking for fuel, looking for water. So they spend quite a long distance. They, they spend time walking long distances to look for water during drought periods. Okay. Uh, we are talking to uh, Dr. Josephine uh, straight from... Uh, uh, Uganda. Are you in the capital city, Kampala? No, oh, where you you are right now, daughter? I'm in Hoima district, which borders with the Lake Albert. So I would say I'm in the southwestern part of Uganda. All right. And then she's uh, the executive uh, director of an uh, organization called um, Ag Eco Agri Uganda. So I would like to come uh, with us to talk about the um, this project you have got about uh, volunteers. 
friend of mine uh, was there in Uganda recently. Uh, we talk about uh, Lika da Cruz, who is uh, produced the program from Uganda. Uh, and also you have got a number of volunteers that are working uh, into the organization. Can you tell exactly how this uh, volunteer program is, it works in your organization? How it, yes, how does it work? Yes, uh, first of all, I would like to thank you so much for airing this program and for supporting work in the developing country. I would like to take off time on behalf of the Kabrik Uganda and the management to thank Lika de Cruz for helping us, supporting schools, and all the work she did. She came along with a friend called Emily, also from Denmark. Thank you so much, Emily and Lika de Cruz, for the work you did for us. We are happy and humbled for that. Now, this volunteer program started way back in 2010, where we got a project that was funded by the USAID Trellis. And in this project, we got volunteers that supported us and trained us. So from then, we came to learn that these volunteers are really important to us. However, before that, our website was designed by also a volunteer from Volunteer March. So after getting that volunteer and realizing that volunteers were an important part that need to support, that we need to tap into, we also got a volunteer from Peace Corps who was Thomas Dare, who also came and supported us for two years. From there, we approached Workaway. So when we went to Workaway, we posted our program and on posting the program, that is how we started hosting the volunteers. Now, we as an organization, we are not, we, do, we welcome every kind of volunteer. With whichever skill you have, you can come and help us. We get two types of volunteers. The first type of, the, of volunteers is when you come, we give you chance to design your own project, and we keep supporting you. I'll talk about Lika de Cruz. When Lika came, she came and said she wanted to do girl child empowerment. So when she talked about that, for us, we took her to a school that we collaborate with where she went and supported the girls. She built their self-esteem. She, she trained them on a number of aspects, hygiene, being able to air out their voice, and a number of things. So you can come with your own idea. For us, we give you what is needed to support you do your work. Then another kind of volunteers are these ones that come to our organization and support what we are doing. For example, Emily supported our HIV prevention project. Emily, who came with Lika de Cruz, supported our HIV prevention project. She used to go to the field with one of our staff called Justice. They would go to communities to find people who are not taking drugs well, talk to them to come back onto the drugs. They also used to go to the facilities, to the health centers that we work with, to find out those people who are not taking HIV drugs 
and ensure that these people are approached so that they come and take drugs. We also had have other, other volunteers. For example, I told you, Alex Carbona supported us on the contract farming project. We've had other people who have helped us. For example, some volunteers constructed the volunteers' residence using eco-friendly methods. We've had a volunteer from France called Sophia who is helping, supporting, collecting uh, garbage using locally available cheap materials like the bottles. So we've really benefited a lot. We are having currently Juliana from, from Switzerland who is helping us to train our youth in vocational studies. So you can come with your own idea. We give you people to support and you'll be able to support them. Or you can come and work in the projects that we have. However, we have to look at the resources that we have. When you're working with the projects that we have, it is dependent on donors. So unless these donors provide fuel where we can go with the volunteer to support us, we as an organization, we are a poor organization that supports, uh, we are a poor organization and we do not have anywhere to get fuel. So unless the donors provide fuel, that is a problem. And I've told you we have very few motorcycles. Two motorcycles are working on contract farming. We have two motorcycles that are working on the HIV project and one other motorcycle that is supporting the project, other projects. So you find that in most cases, these motorcycles uh, break down. Sometimes we do not have enough fuel. So and those volunteers really are really are brave and passionate about what they do because they go and support us. However, these volunteers, each of them provides us with $3 per day. So these $3 per day are used to provide food. And I think that, that is just something like 12,000 Uganda shillings. So these, the $3 per day are used to provide food and which food we always stipulate before the volunteers do come. We provide accommodation to the volunteers and give them fuel or transport. In case we do not have fuel or transport, volunteers stay around until we get transport to transport them to the field. So that is how we host the volunteers. And we are really, we are really open to the different volunteers that would want to come and support us in any way, especially in agriculture production. We also have, under this program, we also have internships. Uh, I would like to, to, to also tell you that we also have placements in these health centers that we work with. There are some medical people that come. For example, doctors. Currently, we have Dr. Brett, who is supporting one of the health facilities that we are working with. We've had Honorine. Honorine is from France and she has supported one of the health facilities in Chikube with HIV prevention. So those are some of the things in which volunteers support us. Okay, that is beautiful. Before I ask you um, 
your contacts where the volunteer or anyone in this planet in this world would like to come to uganda to your organization to do some volunteer work or any international donor would like to support your organization so they can be able to do it but before i ask you that uh i, I would like to ask you a final question perhaps the final question to tell me what is the most challenge uh, that your organization is facing today? The biggest challenge, the first one is lack of motorcycles to move to the field or lack of transport, I would say, because motorcycles include fuel, inability to support some staff. It is really heartening for, for a staff to go and stays there without lunch and then comes back. Then another thing, I would humbly request donors to come and support us, to support these people with HIV AIDS, do sustainable farming so that they can have food security, nutrition and income. Something that really affects my heart is telling someone, why aren't, aren't you taking your drugs? He or she tells you, I'm feeling hungry up to now. For two or three days, I've not had food. You find another one, ask her, why didn't you go for drugs? She tells you, I do not have transport. I humbly request for, for support so that we support these people do farming for food for improved food security nutrition and income and then another thing is child supports children in these households do not have scholastic materials especially the girls you know in africa girls are, no, are, are thought about when a, a parent dies girls are not considered important so the boys will be taken first and then girls brought later. I humbly request for support for girl-child education and then vocational training. So many girls are being taken for child labor to work and they end up in slavery. If we would support these girls with vocational skills and also give them tools to empower them, go and work, earn income, support their children and their people, that would be very good. It would reduce on the vulnerability of the girls. So those are the major problems that we have. We as an organization, we have our established offices where we work from, we don't rent. And then we would also look at a training center where we can multiply the seeds for, that we can distribute to the different people when they need them, when, where we can do some multiplication and also do some training for the girls and the women. Thank you so much as you think about this. <clears throat> yes, uh, before I let you go, I would love to, where people can get hold of you, your email address, your website, your organization website, can just give us so people can be able to uh, reach you whenever people will listen i will get a chance to uh, i mean if they, they've got interest in, in supporting where can i get all of you 
Now we have our website, which is www.ecoagricuganda.org. www.ecoagricuganda.org. We also have an email address, ecoagricuganda at gmail.com. And then I can also be reached on my telephone number, which is plus two five six zero seven seven two five eight six four nine five. I would gladly give you a detailed information about what goes on into the organization and how you can support it. We highly welcome any kind of support in form of labor, in form of, we would highly requ request for any support to give us transport, go to these communities in form of motorcycles and fuels, fuel, plus also supporting the women and the girls. If you get in contact with us, then we can provide you with ba a bank account. I would like to inform people that we also have a fiscal agent. We have a fiscal agent. You can call us and you go through a fiscal agent who will ensure that the funds you've provided go to, they'll, they'll provide financial, financial oversight and ensure that the funds you've provided go to the purpose to which you put it. And these are angels for angels found in the United States of America in Washington. So angels for angels is our fiscal sponsor. So you can go through them and they will be able to ensure that the funds provided are properly used. Uh... Thank you very much. That was the executive director of um, Eco Agric Uganda. I was talking to uh, Dr. Josephine Nakekande. Uh, this program was uh, produced. Nakekande. That's beautiful African name. I love this name here. Um, this program was produced by Lika Cruz. My name is Kindama. So I will see you again uh, soon.